Greetings, this is podcast number 50 of Blast the Right. I'm Jack Clark from TheRationalRadical.com, www.TheRationalRadical.com. One of the major themes of Blast the Right is that right-wingers consistently cause increased human misery, suffering, pain, and death. Today, we'll discuss two more ways they do so one involving the suffocation of coal miners, the other the cutting off of sick people's medication. And all the while, the right accomplishes this evil with a smile on its face, boasting of their doing good deeds. Let's get right into it. First, suffocation. Five weeks ago, we discussed the shameful record of the Bush administration on mine safety. I explained in detail the four main areas where Bush administration actions have created conditions which inevitably lead to more disasters and lower survival rates for miners. The Bush administration has cut the budget, staff, and enforcement efforts of the Mine Safety and Health Administration, MSHA, appointed mining company executives to oversee their own industry opposed stronger mining safety and health regulations, even rolling back some of them, and last but not least, punished MSHA employees who tried to correct dangerous mining conditions. Well, they're still at it. After this year's second deadly mining disaster in Harlan County, I told you that even the Republican-controlled Congress felt compelled to act. But as could be expected from a right-wing controlled Congress, the bill which Bush signed on June 15th falls far, far short of what's necessary to adequately protect minors. The bill has several serious shortcomings, and I'll illustrate this with one egregious example. Oxygen. My sources here are articles by Ian Urbina in the New York Times, Dennis Roddy in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and Eric Reese in the Nation magazine. Under the previous law, mine owners had to provide each miner with a one-hour supply of oxygen to be used in the event of a mining disaster which cut off their normal air supply. You have to understand that Many times it is not the initial mine explosion which kills the miners, but lack of oxygen before the rescuers can reach them. Such was the case in the Sago mining disaster in January, where one miner was killed in the explosion and 11 trapped miners died from suffocation. They didn't have enough oxygen to breathe until the rescuers reached them. The Democrats and the United Mine Workers then proposed in their mine safety legislation that the amount of oxygen required to be available to miners be increased to 48 hours. The Republicans, in their infinite wisdom, didn't go along with that in June. They merely increased from one hour to two hours the amount of oxygen that would be available to each miner. Wow! 
they doubled the amount of oxygen available. They can and do brag about that. We doubled the amount of oxygen each miner will be guaranteed because we care about these miners and their families. Now, if most miners were rescued in the first hour or two, this would be a legislative accomplishment to boast about. Unfortunately, this is not the case. In West Virginia, the legislature set up a Mine Safety Technology Task Force. It had three industry and three labor representatives, so it had a lot of credibility. This task force reviewed four decades of mining accidents and determined that in most cases it took 20 to 30 hours for rescuers to reach trapped miners. 20 to 30 hours! not two hours. Indeed, at Sago, rescuers didn't reach the trapped miners for 40 hours. So this task force recommended, the industry and union reps agreed, that miners should be provided with at least 48 hours of breathable air in rescue chambers. The Democrats, being rational and on the side of life, figured, if that's how much oxygen miners need to survive, that's what we'll require in our legislation. But the right-wingers, these aficionados of human misery, suffering, pain, and death, would have none of it. In the bill they passed, they gave the miners only two hours of air. This is like, there's a guy drowning, say, 48 yards offshore. You throw him a life preserver. The preserver only goes out one yard into the ocean. The guy keeps screaming for help. Out of the generosity of your heart, you deign to throw him another preserver, doubling how far you toss it to two yards. The guy keeps screaming for help. You yell back at him, Hey, what are you complaining about? I doubled how far I threw out the thing. The guy obviously drowns. I ask you, and you should ask all your friendly local right-wingers this, what's the benefit of giving miners two hours of air instead of one? To allow them more time to contemplate their imminent death as they await the rescuers, who will likely not reach them for 20 to 30 hours? Should this provision be called the Longer Time to Contemplate Your Imminent Death Act? Remember, the 48-hour recommendation came out of a West Virginia legislature that is, as Eric Reese in The Nation put it, long considered, quote, bought off with coal money, close quote. So to come out of that environment, the requirement for a 48-hour oxygen supply must be something no reasonable and moral person could possibly disagree with. No reasonable person could disagree. No moral person could disagree. That means, of course, that right-wingers will disagree. And they did. As Democratic Congressman George Miller, a leader in the mine safety effort, put it, quote, If another Sago mine disaster were to happen, this bill doesn't ensure that we wouldn't have the same tragic deaths." Close quote. 
Representative Miller made a valiant effort to force the Senate and House to amend the bill to provide the 48 hours of oxygen as well as to improve the bill in other critically important ways. But as could be expected, appeals to do the right thing don't work when right-wingers are in control. Right-wingers were obviously more concerned about boosting the profits of the coal industry, a multi-million dollar contributor to Republican coffers, than they were concerned about really making miners safe. The loved ones of miners know this firsthand. If they had a family member in, in the mines, and I'm sure they would be the first ones to jump on the bandwagon with us and say, well, we need safety. But, you know, all they think is the dollar. That was Virginia Moore, fiancé of Terry Helms, a Sago victim. Greed trumps all in the right-wing universe. And as it so often seems, if there can also be a little bit of sadism involved, can you just imagine those poor miners suffocating? So much the better for many of these right-wing sickos. In sum, by failing to provide the oxygen they were told was necessary to keep trapped miners alive, right-wingers have condemned only God knows how many miners in the future to slow deaths by suffocation after hour two, as the miners' soon-to-be-lifeless bodies await the rescue teams, which the right-wingers know won't reach the trapped miners for another 18 to 28 hours. Yet another example of human misery, suffering, pain, and death, the right wing way. Let's take a break. Now I'm stocking shirts in the Walmart store, just like the ones we made before. Except this one came from Singapore. I guess we can't make it here anymore. Should I hate a people for the shade of their skin or the shape of their eyes or the shape I'm in? Should I hate them for having our jobs today? No, I hate the men sent the jobs away. I can see them all now, they haunt my dreams, all lily white and squeaky clean. They never known want, they never known need. The don't stink and the kids won't bleed. The kids won't bleed in the damn little it here anymore let's go on to cutting off sick people's medication how do right-wingers cause increased human misery suffering pain and death in this manner way back in podcast 27 I detailed some of the horrendous startup problems the new Medicare prescription drug benefit was having. Problems with this right-wing design giveaway to the pharmaceutical and insurance industries go far beyond startup problems, however. Here I'm going to talk about one of the most offensive aspects, the Medicare donut hole. How many of you know what the Medicare donut hole is? Some of you like eating donut holes as pastry. Some tasty stuff. 
Not so here. The Medicare donut hole is right-wing poison. It's deadly. What is it? It's a diabolical gap in coverage built into the Medicare prescription drug benefit as only right-wingers know how to do. My sources are Paul Krugman in the New York Times and stories in the Los Angeles Times, Denver Post, and Knight Ritter newspapers. Here's how the deadly donut hole works. The Medicare prescription drug benefit starts off like a regular insurance policy. There's a $250 deductible and then Part D, as this prescription drug benefit is also known, pays 75% of the next $2,000. The senior citizen is responsible for a 25% copay. But then listen to what happens. After $2,250 in drug expenses, all of a sudden, the coverage completely stops. There is zero benefit, not a zilch, nothing, for the next $2,850. For the next $2,850 in prescription drug costs, the senior citizen has to pay 100%. Then after that next $2,850 in costs, Part D kicks in again and Medicare pays 95%. This gap in coverage has become known as the donut hole. How unfortunate is this for seniors? As Paul Krugman puts it, quote, One way to see the bizarre effect of this hole is to notice that if you are a retiree and spend $2,000 on drugs next year, Medicare will cover 66% of your expenses. But if you spend $5,000, which means that you're much more likely to need help paying those expenses, Medicare will cover only 30% of your bills. Close quote. Some seniors have already fallen into the donut hole. Others will later in the year. Quote, Dan Mendelson, president of Avalier Health, a healthcare research and consulting firm, said, Patients with illnesses like rheumatoid arthritis and multiple sclerosis who use very expensive drugs will accelerate through the gap in two to three months. Those with more common disorders such as high cholesterol and diabetes will take longer to hit the donut hole, generally in the fall. Close quote. How many seniors will be affected by this? Thank goodness the truly indigent who qualify for Medicaid are not affected by the donut hole. But countless vulnerable seniors with limited fixed incomes will be. It's estimated that millions of seniors will fall into this donut hole and have to find a way to pay 100% of their prescription drug costs until they reach the donut hole escape limit. Why did I call this right-wing plan diabolical? Because of the financial, emotional, and physical toll it will take on our parents and grandparents. Financially and emotionally, they will be put on what's being called a benefit roller coaster. Quote, 
For the first five, six, seven months of the year, everything is hunky-dory, said Ronald Osmankowski, a senior researcher with the information firm Thompson Medstat. Then come July and August, they're on their own, and they will have to start paying everything out of their own pockets. That will last most of the rest of the year, until the federal government says, okay, enough is enough. And the cycle starts again the following year. Close quote. During the yearly donut hole lack of coverage period, financial and emotional pressures will abound. For example, quote, Melvin Kinnison, 65, of Huntington Beach, was shocked to discover that the out-of-pocket cost to refill his prescription for anti-seizure medication was jumping to $178 from $10. He left the pharmacy empty-handed. It hit me like a slap in the face, said Kinnison, a former Los Angeles County Sheriff's deputy. Kinnison is trying to figure out how to handle a monthly tab for heart, diabetes, and acid reflux medications that has climbed to $1,000 from $80. I thought Medicare is supposed to be helpful, he said. It sure isn't. Close quote. $80 to $1,000. Here's another senior. Quote, Leonard Cleveland, 68, a retired machinist who lives in El Monte, said a $2,850 gap was too much for people with fixed incomes. His wife Helen, who is partially blind and on medication for depression, back pain, allergies, and migraines, has fallen into the gap. I didn't think it would total up that fast, said Cleveland, who cares for his wife and a 42-year-old daughter who is disabled. Close quote. The donut hole causes widespread traumatic results. Quote, Thomas Stefanski, a social worker with the Rocky Mountain Cancer Center's Aurora Clinic, said, I've had patients who have gone into debt, who are getting second mortgages, putting expenses on credit cards, even filing for bankruptcy. Close quote. Beyond the emotional and financial strain, which is already an unacceptable assault upon our elderly, is the literal physical harm some of them will suffer. Dr. Joshua Sharfstein, Baltimore's Public Health Commissioner, said, quote, There is a huge amount of evidence from research and clinical experience that seniors skip medicines when the price is too high. Close quote. Paul Krugman concurs citing the policy journal Health Affairs. He writes, quote, How will people respond when their out-of-pocket costs surge? The Health Affairs article argues, based on experience from HMO plans with caps on drug benefits, that it's likely some beneficiaries will cut back even essential medications while in the donut hole. In other words, this donut hole will make some people sick, and for some people, it will be deadly. Close quote. You may be asking yourself, why on earth did the right-wing fashion such a bizarre and cruel benefit arrangement? This right-wing donut hole is virtually unprecedented. Quote, 
I think this is unique, close quote, said Dan Mendelson, president of Avalier Health. Quote, it's not something we've ever seen in any other insurance product that I'm aware of, said Juliet Kubansky, principal policy analyst at the Kaiser Family Foundation. Why design a benefit like this? If you know the right wing, you know why. Greed. The donut hole's purpose is to make Part D cheaper to fund and thus more palatable to the helping people averse right-wingers in Congress. Cheaper to fund and thus not as much an impediment to more tax cuts for the rich. Again, as with the denial of oxygen to coal miners, some sort of sadism would have to be involved if someone can contemplate the harmful results of a policy. Imagine poor old granny running around trying to figure out how to get her meds and still go through with it. Chuckle, chuckle, some of you right-wingers out there. Beyond greed and sadism, let's not forget the Karl Rovian politics involved, well analyzed by Krugman. Krugman believes it likely that, quote, the Republican congressional leaders who rammed the bill through weren't actually trying to protect retired Americans against the risk of high drug expenses. In fact, they're fundamentally hostile to the idea of social insurance. Their purpose was purely political, to be able to say that President Bush had honored his 2000 campaign promise to provide prescription drug coverage by passing a drug bill, any drug bill. Once you recognize that the drug benefit is a purely political exercise that wasn't supposed to serve its ostensible purpose, the absurdities in the program make sense. For example, the bill offers generous coverage to people with low drug costs who have the least need for help. So lots of people will get small checks in the mail and think they're being treated well. Meanwhile, the people who are actually likely to need a lot of help paying their drug expenses were deliberately offered a very poor benefit. Close quote. Democrats in Congress are trying to close the donut hole. They say they can do so by eliminating another egregious fault in the law. That fault prohibits Medicare from using its clout as representative of 43 million elderly and disabled Americans to negotiate cheaper drug prices from the pharmaceutical companies. You heard that correctly. Medicare is forbidden from negotiating lower drug prices with the drug companies. This prohibition, an utterly transparent giveaway to the pharmaceutical industry, is worthy of an entire podcast unto itself. Democrats contend that allowing Medicare to negotiate lower prices would save enough money to allow the donut hole to be closed. Unless right-wing control of Congress is ended, however, don't, to use a perhaps inappropriate or maybe totally appropriate analogy here, hold your breath waiting for that to happen. The profits of the pharmaceutical industry, a major GOP contributor, are, after all, more important to right-wingers than any six senior citizens who can't afford their medication. Just like the profits of the coal industry, 
another major GOP contributor, are more important to right-wingers than any trapped miners running out of oxygen to breathe. So there you have it. Two hours of oxygen for trapped coal miners when 48 is recommended by everyone as a bare minimum. And a bizarre and deadly gap in prescription drug coverage that will emotionally traumatize, physically sicken, and sometimes kill our elderly. Greed and a dollop of sadism leading to increased human misery, suffering, pain, and death. All in a good day's work for the right wing. Well, that'll about wrap it up for today. If you liked what you heard, please tell a friend about Blast the Right. And also, please vote for Blast the Right on PodcastAlley.com. There's a one-click link to do each of those on the podcast homepage. You reach the podcast homepage by searching in Google for Blast the Right. It'll be the first result. As always, I invite all the live 365 listeners to come over to the podcast homepage, sign up for free, and you can download and listen to any episode of the podcast anytime you want. A programming note. I'm having some home construction done next week, so the podcast may not come out on Thursday, but a couple of days later. Last week, I forgot to thank listener Ken from Santa Monica for that great clip of Greg Palace being interviewed about Venezuela. Let's now hear a word from another progressive podcaster. This is the voice of The War on Poverty, an audio blog of issues, ideas, and practical solutions toward ending the paradox of poverty in a land of plenty. My name is Brian No. For nearly three decades, I've been on the front lines or in various leadership positions in the war on poverty. One of the reasons that poverty in this country has been so persistent for so long is that it's easy for so many people to just ignore. So our goals with this audio blog are to keep the issues of poverty in your line of sight and to provide resources for you to learn about the problem, to learn how it affects everyone in our society, and how you can help. In the meantime, you can visit us on the web at waronpovertycast.org. Let's join together in a noble and historic effort. Together, we can make a difference. Music credits. Bumper music was We Can't Make It Here by James McMurtry. We'll end on a lighter note with the tune Clinton is to Blame-O, sung to the song B-I-N-G-O. It's by the group The Freedom Toast. Links to all the music I play on Blast the Right can be found on my music resources page. Links to all the statistics and quotations I use can be found on my data resources page. Both of them are linked to off the main podcast homepage. Please keep all that great email coming in. My address is rational at adelphia.net. You can also call and leave a comment for me to play on Blast the Right. The number is 310-933-5891. You can also Skype me at Jack from Blast the Right. So, until next time, I'll sign off and say I love you all, including all you right-wing misguided souls.